Be excellent. Be excellent in all you do. Focus on adding value, and I promise you, your family, relationships, your career, your business, it'll take care of itself. Be gracious. Be kind. Practice humility and service to others. Success is really the result of adding high value to the world. What burdens can you lift for others? What real problems can you solve? What opportunities can you exploit? Focus on that, and I promise you, everyone around you will benefit from your upgrade. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Transformation Podcast, Episode 2, High Value Humans, the first episode of the High Value Series. I'm your host, Cassidy, founder of K Green & Company, Project and Change Management Solutions. So hopefully you listened to our launch episode, Episode 1, The Pilot. If not, go back and listen so you can get the full context of the focus of what the Transformation Podcast is designed to do for the world. As mentioned, though, in the first episode, the Transformation Podcast is a coaching, training and development platform of the K Green and Company Transformation Academy. And the Academy itself is a global program focused on personal, professional leadership, organizational and spiritual development. And because our Transformation Academy is focused on holistic development, the whole person for success in life and in business, the Transformation Podcast releases coaching, training, and development programming every single week so you can upgrade in all of these areas. If you listen closely to our podcast intro, I say this, success is really about adding value to the world. Then I ask y'all the question, what burdens can you lift for others? What problems can you solve? What opportunities can you exploit? Focus on these and everyone will benefit from your upgrade. So it's only fitting for me to launch the inaugural coaching series focused on high value, what I mean by high value and what it could mean for you and your career. So in this episode, I'm going to focus on the personal aspect of being a high value human or person, because while many of the talks that I give in a professional setting and based on are based on professional and leadership development. But I always find a way to focus on personal development and character work because those are the foundation to success in business. And the reality is there's a ton of content out in the world for you to find on how to be successful in business. Yet I think we often downplay specifically in the professional and leadership space, the importance of being of good character serving other people, making sure your home and personal life is healthy and that you're being excellent in all these areas. So before we get into today's episode, I have a couple of announcements and reminders for those who are members of the Higher Education User Group, also known as HUG, and for those who are going to be joining me at the Texas A&M Technology Summit in February 2020, which is just next month, in case you're able to join me for either of those engagements. And even before I give the announcements, I feel that it's important for me to stop and pause and talk about the role and my role as a project and change management leader from a particular perspective. So the one perspective that I want to focus on is about how much engagement and how much time I spend with organizational owners, executives and leaders in my role, both in my previous positions and as the founder and coach of K Green and Company. I spend a lot of time with executives and business owners in very small often confidential discussions about the performance of employees based on their work on a project or change effort. What people may not realize is that your organization doesn't really know you based on your day-to-day work, as well as they become or get to know you based on your project and change teams. So what I mean by that is one very real, often surprising gem that I share in the webinars, keynote addresses, and other talks that I give, including what I'm going to share with you on this podcast, is that succession plans are often activated 
and canceled at the drop of a dime because of an individual's work on projects and changes. And this is usually because, and I want you to hear me clearly, this is usually because projects and change initiatives are where the whole employee is discovered or observed. Your character shines through during, based on your work on project and change initiatives. When the stress levels are high, when your solution is not the one that the team pursues, when you work with people you don't necessarily like, and when it's clear that you are not supportive of the change organization or its leaders. So the project and change management leader then is often the liaison between the project steering committee or executive leadership team of a project or change and the project change team itself. So what this means is all interactions you have as a member of the change or project team with the project and change management leader is an opportunity for your narrative, good or bad, to be shared with the steering committee or executive leadership. And the truth is that the executive leadership teams and steering committees, yes, they focus on project tasks and outcomes and did we meet said deadline, but I'm here to tell you They are much more concerned with the people side of a change, the adoption, who is getting in the way of success, who is promoting success, who do we need to contract for longer than we originally planned, whose contract do we need to expire immediately, what are we missing based on gaps within the team, who do we still have, do we still have the right team and the right folks in the right positions with the right attitudes toward the change of an organization. One of the things I coach employees, project or change team members on, even contractors and vendors included, is to remember this. Remember that the narrative about your performance and that of the entire team must go forth as it is my duty as your project and change leader to get that done on a daily basis. So I recommend that you position me to relay the one one narrative that you want to go forth and know that. While my goal and my hope for you is to celebrate the great work that you perform and report a great attitude that you're going to have on a project, I will always, and I assure you my other PCM colleagues will always relay the accurate narrative, even for work friends. So while there are many people who understand this and are able to use it to their maximum benefit, so many more people fall short and wonder why they're stuck in their organizations or stuck in the same positions or departments and they have other aspirations but can't seem to move forward. This is one of the reasons that I launched the Transformation Academy because people are missing the mark. People have to get this simple truth because it is literally killing some people's careers. And for others, it's fast tracking their careers because they figured this out. So I pause to make this statement because I because as I give the announcements and reminders about some of the upcoming talks that I'm going to give in other platforms, it gives you even more insight into this rare perspective of the project and change management leadership perspective and who that person or those roles are spending time with. And I'll also share some of those gems via the podcast, but they can literally help anyone in the world, whether you're in a project space or not, you're all subject to working on projects and changes for your organization. Anyone in the world can self-assess course correct based on me spending time coaching and training you to be aware of organizational perspectives and to reconsider the depth of the organizational reach and impact that your project and change management leader actually has on your career. You would be surprised 
at the fact that particular colleagues in project and change management roles are actually a professional reference for you, whether you want that to be the case or not, particularly if you're pursuing something within your organization. Executives will often come to a project and change management leader and ask, tell me the real on this person, or let's talk about project X where they did or did not do what we call them to do. So yes, references, even for executives, as much as they are references for frontline and middle management staff. So for the actual announcements that I mentioned, two things. One, for members of the higher education user group, also referred to as HUG, H-E-U-G, thank you to those who are able to join me today for the third installment of our Leading Leaders Through Change webinar series. As you know, our launch webinar was held in July 2019, where I talked about what leaders wish you knew. I gave you a candid perspective of your language, your behaviors, the decisions that your organizations and colleagues and employees, even frontline staff, wish that you knew. These were basically confessions of truths uh, that rarely that you rarely hear from your organization. Yet, if you were aware, were willing to self-assess, seek and apply feedback from your peer groups, many of you could activate or reactivate those succession plans that you covet. You could also realize the promotions that you seek. And for others, you could even improve your employee engagement if you're leaders of, of teams or groups by implementing some of the things that I discuss. In our second installment of the webinar series held in October 2019, I talked about what love has to do with leading leaders through change. In that particular talk, I focus heavily on the premise that operating from a place of love in all that you do can result in a rewarding career. You can still earn the coveted six figures if that's what you aspire to, and you can learn to become confident in maintaining a high value status as compared to most popular by simply implementing love as your primary skill or characteristic in the workplace. So for today's installment that we held today as the third of a four-part series, I focus on developing high-value skills. I talked about the skills that employers wish that all of us would focus on in the areas of critical thinking, creative problem-solving, strategic thinking, and communications. And having led hundreds of people through hundreds of projects and change initiatives, my role requires that I demonstrate a high competency in these areas as well. Yet I'm also responsible for identifying skills and gaps in others for the purposes of predicting, influencing, and ensuring successful project and change outcomes. So again, don't underestimate the role that your project and change management staff or leadership actually play in your development. The final installment of that four-part series, I'm going to close out with developing high-value teams on March 10th, 2020. And in that webinar, I'm going to round out our series with strategies to assemble, assess, and develop project and change management teams for the purposes of doing what organizations ask of project and change management leaders. What organizations are looking for is for you to be able to help teams reach peak performance as a team, repeat this cycle to return success for your organization, and then we'll talk about how you can upgrade your stock in your organization if you hone these important skills. So if you are a member of HUG and did not have a chance to join me live today for the webinar or the previous ones, you can go to the HUG website, navigate to eAcademy and select on-demand recordings. You can look through the webinar archives and find those three talks that I mentioned. All you need to do is log in. You can listen to the audio uh, visual recording. You can also download the presentation slides. For the March 10th webinar that's coming up, there is still time to register. You just simply go to the website at www.heu.org and I'll be sure to add that link to the show notes. 
If you aren't a member of the Higher Education User Group, don't be discouraged about missing out on those gems that I shared in that very special platform. I'm absolutely going to cover much of that content through the Transformation Academy via this podcast and other mediums. So ensure that no, so that I ensure no matter where you are in the world, you have an opportunity to benefit from those development talks. So my second announcement, very brief, for those joining the Texas A&M Technology Summit, February 16th through the 18th, you can join me on Sunday, February 16th, as I deliver the keynote address in which I'm going to offer the kind of professional and leadership development and coaching that goes well beyond that surface level inspiration talks that we might predict for a keynote address. Instead, we're going to dig deep. We're going to dig deep to focus on your upgrade in 2020. You can also join me on Monday, February 17th, as I host a small feature session, a tell all about how your organizations really experience you. I'm going to bring to light some of the blind spots that you may need to address immediately and also some things that you need to start doing more of immediately, like being your authentic self. You'll also get an opportunity to hear me explain why no one really cares how smart you are. (laughs) Instead, they want to know what you bring to the table. How are you serving and lifting burdens for other people? So in this intimate session, we're going to talk openly and candidly about how you can set yourself apart in this new decade. If you're local to the Texas area or are able to travel to Galveston, Texas that weekend, there's still some time to register for the summit via the conference website, which is www www.techsummit.tamu.edu. I'll also add that link to the show notes. And if you're unable to attend, you can absolutely look forward to an upcoming podcast episode in which I talk about what those gems were and some special moments from that summit. So now let's actually get into today's talk. So in today's episode, I'll focus on five things to set the tone for being a high value human, being a good person, family first, friends matter, So do enemies and final thoughts. So the first point is about being a good person. And what I mean by that, I've said it before, operate in and from a place of love. So be kind, be gracious, be patient, be gentle, be of good cheer, wear a smile and use your smile first when you pass other people. You never know how someone is experiencing life in general or what they're carrying at any given moment. And I always remind myself and the people that I lead and or influence and that I'm simply in relationship with that we are human first before any other role we have in life in the workplace or in our communities. And people deserve to be lifted up and encouraged. And what if you're the only person they encounter on any given day that helps them remember that they matter? And why not try to be the first person to do that? So what does that look like? We don't have to be super deep with that. You can just be genuine. What it looks like is holding the door for someone, letting them go first at the stop sign or in the two lane McDonald's line, looking for some looking someone in the eyes during a moment's exchange just to let them know you see them and then give them a smile. Say please and thank you throughout your day. Ask what you can do for someone else. Ask how a situation is going or how a person is doing based on previous information that they share with you. Help people when they have that lost look on their faces. You may or may not know exactly where they need to do, but you can help be a step or a vessel in helping them get to that place. Be willing to give a hug or hold a hand or just listen, maintaining confidentiality, of course, for a moment to transfer encouragement and support, sending an uplifting text message, a song, a talk, a sermon, or any other positive inspiration. 
Create a thoughtful gesture for people um, to a fellow parent, for example, such as the kids can play at my house today. To give a parent or some parents relief, whatever opportunities you can create in your day, uh, your day to day living, just to be good to people. Don't wait for those opportunities to present themselves, create them and celebrate people. The other thing I want to mention is that there is so much power in our words. They can either uplift or tear down. And while the Bible has much to say about love and our words, one of my favorite scriptures about words is Proverbs 16, 24 from the NIV, New International Version. And it reads, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And if you really pause and think about how sweet honey is, literally, how much of our souls we carry around every day and who we are. And if we literally need healing in our bones, how grateful we would be for our bones to be healed. I want you to remember that the one simple measuring stick for your day to day living on being a good person or being a good human is just a few questions to ask yourself and answer them privately. Did I uplift someone else with my words? Could I have demonstrated more patience? Did I cut anyone with my words? Once you have your answers, use the next day to improve. If you offended anyone, I challenge you, if you have the opportunity, to go back and apologize and ask for forgiveness. I have personally had to do this in the workplace, and I'm sure that I'll talk about a few of those examples in another episode. But when you operate in love, particularly God's love, you experience life on the level we were created to. You don't need the validation of others. You don't have your identities wrapped up in your career or other roles in life. You actually breathe easy. You walk the earth light. You also live from a place of high integrity and accountability for yourself. And you do a lot of silent, private reflection and work on yourself. You also live in truth. You have a joy about you that is unexplainable and you're able to have compassion and even be calm when others may not be able to in adverse situations. You work on your own character every day to become the to become and be the best version of yourself and everyone around you benefits from your decision to operate in love. So my next point is about making sure your family is first. And this one is absolutely personal for me. So remember to give the best parts of yourself to your family. So many of us, I was guilty of this as well, give so much in our professional lives and through other roles that the world often gets so much, if not all that we have in a day, that by the time you reunite with your family, you're often not mentally present or you're too tired or too consumed by the day's events to express your love and gratitude for them. And you may not realize this, but sometimes you don't let your family in to love on you the way they need and want to. And I always said that I don't want to be the kind of successful woman in my career that my family moves on without me. And what I mean by that is it can be such a dangerous place to be in when you're winning in your career like I have and you aren't giving the same energy to your family. As I mentioned in the first episode, I held nine positions in 13 years before launching my own organization. And in doing so, yes, I quadrupled my salary and helped my family have a great lifestyle. However, that came at an exorbitant high price for my family and for me. And it's a price that I'm never willing to pay again. So as I spent many evenings and weekends at the office and at one point I was traveling so much that I hardly saw them. I had any time for myself. Fortunately, 
I began to prioritize my family time, made a career change, more importantly, made the spiritual shift that I needed to make in order to have the proper order in my life, which is God first, husband, children, family and the rest of the world so that I never regress back to that place. And I don't want us to miss this point as your family can actually move on without you, even if you all remain in marriage and in family in the same home, what this could look like. Is the relationship among your spouse and your children could shift for them having a different kind of bond as opposed to being all inclusive and them spending quality time without you, which positions you to be an outsider in your family or merely a guest in your family before you even realize it. So I'm so grateful that I made the shift in my life before this became my story. But I want to make sure you all hear as much as it's important to add high value to the world. It is first important to be a high value human and do that family first. In an upcoming episode, I'm also going to talk about when you're weary in the workplace, and I'll speak a bit further on this. The next point I want to make is about friends matter. Make time for your friends. I personally don't have a large circle of friends for a few reasons. As I mentioned in episode one, excuse me, I saw and experienced what I believe to be the highest expression of love. And because I believe you should have friends that you actually love. I believe that friendship is a choice and it's a covenant. So I call very few people friend. With that said, though, those that I call friend, I make a commitment to have a high value friend, to be a high value friend and to choose friends who reciprocate that. We therefore choose to be kind, the kind of friends that can uplift, encourage and are honest with each other. And even though I don't spend a lot of time on the phone or in person with my friends, I regularly engage with them with affirmation as to who they are to me. Uh, how much they mean to me and I look for ways to celebrate and support them sometimes it just means listening to the fact that one of my friends is having a foot surgery and my immediate thought is I could get you his knee scooter which will be much more effective than the crutches that I think you would need and in other times it means a very private matter that I share with a friend and that particular person shows up at my house unannounced with several solutions to help with my particular issue and then just giving me space to be In other cases, it might mean that I provide a friend a place to live in my home, never expecting anything in return, and instead finding creative ways to spend the kind of time with them that I wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to spend. So cherish your friends. Never be too busy to remind them that you love and appreciate them and be the kind of friend that reciprocates the value that your friends provide to you. Also. Be kind to your enemies, those that you don't care for and that don't care for you. So it's easy to add high value to family and friends. Yet we are called to love thy neighbor as thyself. And since thy neighbor is literally anyone in the world other than yourself, this includes those that you classify as enemies and or those that don't care for you. So if we go back to what I recommended in the beginning of this episode, which is to operate from a place of love. The principle becomes much easier because you don't have to be in relationship or covenant or friendship with someone to just be kind, be gracious, be patient, be gentle, be of good cheer. What it looks like is choosing to have a warm, inviting spirit, one that is inclusive, tolerant. And I'm particularly working on that one myself. Be empathetic, sympathetic. And sometimes it means finding a genuine smile that I talked about. And other times it might mean being a very few words. But either way, let your actions really be the measuring stick for being a good human towards your enemies. And rather than avoiding or limiting engagement, instead, when you do have an encounter, draw on your personal choice to be a joyful, loving person. And again, you will experience the richness of life in in your day to day living. And you'll make adding value to your enemies that much easier. 
easier. And again, remember, you may flash the only warm smile, inviting smile that they receive in their day. So dare to be that kind of high value human. A couple of things I want you to consider before we close. Be aware. People have long memories. And I encourage you to create positive memories for how people experience you. I am still being rewarded for the seeds that I sowed by pouring into people and just being a good human years and years later after I had a moment or encounter with someone and over my lifetime. And some of those same people reach out much, much later to say thank you, but more importantly, to say that they're paying it forward. Remember that every day you create another piece of your legacy. Be mindful of this. Protect your legacy. Don't compromise on how you want to be remembered. And ask and answer this question for yourself daily. Who are you repping? For me, that is Jesus Christ and my family. Those who came before me and those I have the pleasure of loving today. For that, for you, that may look different, but I'm trying to get you to remember that you represent more than just yourself. You want to represent and honor whomever you're representing and that this should be bigger and more important than getting your point across, jeopardizing your legacy or your reputation or your character for a moment to win at something or to prove someone else wrong. So today may be a really tough day for the people you encounter. You can either be the sunshine in that day or you could have piled on top of the negative, heavy burdens that they likely experience, even when people are having a good day. Don't crush someone's spirit as you pass them in the hallway without acknowledging them as a human being or using words that pierce the spirit as opposed to uplift the spirit. So that's all for today's high value human episode. As I mentioned, my whole message and testimony about success in life and in business. And as much as what I observe about other successful people, it's about adding extremely high value to the world. And our high value series is going to provide you with even more coaching and training on this important topic. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode from my high value series. As I said in the beginning of today's episode, be kind, be gracious, be patient. Be gentle, be of good cheer. If you're interested in studying what the Bible says about love, I have a few scriptures for you to reference. The first is Mark 12, chapter verse 30 through 31, which gives the two greatest commandments, which are rooted in love. And then also first Corinthians chapter 13. You can read up on that for all the characteristics of true love. And I encourage you to look these up and use the version of the Bible that you prefer. And you can really just Google these verses and these chapters that I gave you and it'll pop right up. As a reminder, the Transformation Podcast is focused on holistic development in the areas of personal, professional, leadership, organizational, and spiritual growth. And our coaching and training program, should you choose to apply what we talk about, is guaranteed to upgrade your life. To learn more about K Green and Company, you can visit our website at www.kgreenpcms.com. And I'll add this link to the show notes as well. So now that we've got the personal and spiritual development covered when it comes to being a high value human, which is absolutely fundamental, you can continue your upgrade today by listening to part two of the high value series, which will be episode three, high value performers, in which I'm going to coach you on what it means to be a high value performer, how you can ask for and get things that other people can't, how to become a high value performer and what you can expect to maintain this often elusive state. So I have a whole, whole lot to say on this topic as I identify as a high value performer who has enjoyed the responses that I'm going to talk about from each of the organizations that I work for. And I have so much to say that I'll likely offer a webinar or a course or something else so that we can go deeper on this topic. And while much of what I say is going to be practical information, the reason high value performers are so hard to find, develop, 
cultivate, retain, and even supervise because you're leading a leader is because applying the principles, having the heart of a high value performer, the character, the posture of a high value performer is where the rubber meets the road. And many cannot attain, much less sustain at this level over time with high quality, real problem solving, service oriented output. So stay tuned to find out what I decide in terms of that opportunity to go deeper beyond the podcast episode. But if you're interested, listen today, episode three, high value performers. And if you think you want real gems for success in life, in your career and in your business, subscribe to the transformation podcast and get your upgrade every week. All right. Talk to y'all soon. Thank y'all.